Hi, this is John Telgener from Channel Dynamics. I hope you had a great weekend. Today we're going to run through high-level topics and themes across consumer, media, and aggregate industries where we've done calls over the past week. Uh, the themes we'll be talking about are largely consistent with what we've been talking about over the last several weeks. Um, consumer you know, spending is normalizing, more spend towards experiential and services type items, um, less towards durable goods. It also feels like overall consumer sentiment is weaker. Um, we certainly picked that up and negative ad checks out of home and connected TV have uh, outperformed. And then in the industrial markets, um, we're seeing sh strong sh short cycle demand. Supply side factors are still top of mind. Um, inflation is beginning to be a bit more concerning across both private and public sectors. Across consumer, it's more the same. You know, there's the normalization and spending on durable goods. We saw that in, on standby generators, which was one of the more robust um, categories throughout the pandemic. Uh, you know, our read suggested that bookings in unit terms are down 15, 20% year over year during March and April, still well above pre-pandemic levels. This had been one of the hottest categories over the last um, 24 months or so with new states like California and Texas driving a lot of incremental demand um, markets that, you know, hadn't been big uh, drivers for standby generators prior to the pandemic. Um, but it's clear that, you know, incoming orders are softening at the same time when the two leaders, Kohler and Generac, have added substantial production capacity. So it does feel like this is another market that, that has risk of getting overbuilt. Um, you know, conversely, our checks on travel and food service, um, even auto, the auto aftermarket lean positive. Uh, there's a clear, you know, um, recovery after some temporary headwinds tied to Omicron early in the year. Leisure travel demand was really strong through March and, and spring break season. That momentum sustained into April. Uh, hotels have been able to push ADRs um, even higher. And part of that is fueled by the recovery in um, group bookings and corporate travel, which is very early innings. But um, there were some some you know bright spots in March and April. Um, people are saying that forward bookings are encouraging. Hotel operators um, continue to face significant headwinds tied to labor. Um, so there's you know they're operating kind of in unsustainable models, and there's a lot of SGNA leverage. Pricing power has driven higher margins. Um, that um, you know overview is similar to what we're picking up on for the broadline distributors. There has been a moderation in food service channels versus you know levels seen in the second half of of last year, but volumes are still up pretty significantly. It seems clear that the majority of volume growth is being driven by fast casual and independent chains um, QSR. Volumes are flattish to even down in some cases year over year, um, probably, you know, partially result of the higher gasoline prices and just really difficult comps. Broadline distributors have been leveraging a tight backdrop um, to renegotiate terms, even with the largest of chains. Um, they're, you know, reducing the number of drops they have in their system. Um, so independents are being forced to order more. Um, that obviously drives a lot of... Um, efficiencies across their networks. Um, inflation is way higher than expected um, and continue to build partially because of the Ukraine conflict and also just freight inflation tied to fuel. 
Um, so the, the reads we're talking to are, are seeing inflation that's 15 to 20% um, higher versus this time last year, well above what some of the CPI numbers have reported. That's been a benefit to profitability near term because they've been able to call, uh, pass through the cost inflation and they typically charge at a cost plus model. model. So broadline distributors overall, very positive on their um, profitability, near-term demands feels good. There's you know a slight moderation, but still higher than the prior year um, and no signs of a sharp correction. And that's kind of the same um, in what we're hearing in the aftermarket. There's been a bit of a moderation, but nothing like we've seen in more of the discretionary um, consumer markets we cover. The aftermarket still feels pretty strong. Um, you know, that's something that we've heard in, in, you know, heavy truck treks as well, just because, you know, the strain new um, car supply um, is increasing the value of used cars. And it's also um, causing consumers to ex- extend the re- replacement cycle of their car. And, and with that, they're willing to spend a little more. Um, miles driven have also recovered. Um, so, so the consumer markets of food service distribution, travel, um, and the auto aftermarket all feel pretty positive, particularly in comparison, you know, to some of the more discretionary durable good types items. Across our media coverage, you know, we put out linear and CTV on Monday um, after putting out out of home and digital advertising last Thursday. Overall, you know, the check skew negative uh, CTV and out of home were the clear out performers. Linear TV benefited because there's some spend tied to the political midterm um, elections. And then there was also decent viewership around live sports. Um, So that's something, you know, that buoyed overall spend. Sentiment still leans negative um, on linear TV. There, you know, continues to be a transition of budgets from linear to CTV and streaming. there's also uh, budgets transitioning from paid social platforms where growth marketing brands um, have faced, you know, headwinds tied to IDFA and are looking for new means of um, growing their brand and, and driving um, leads. CTV is um, garnering some of these budgets. Uh, it's only estimated that 15 to 20 percent of CTV spend is direct response oriented, but it feels like the mix of spend targeted at performance marketing is increasing. There's been some significant ad tech uh, improvements, particularly around utilizing the IP address um, for targeting. And that um, seems to have some momentum. There's just, you know, a lot more inventory entering the space as well. Um, You know, and as advertisers leverage DSPs for, for, you know, the wider tail of inventory, you know, so think outside of like Hulu and Peacock, um, some of the streaming services out there that provide a much cheaper CPM, that mixed with better ad tech is proving to be an effective means of um, direct response advertising. And as, as you know, early um, reads suggest that brands have been pretty upbeat around the ROI. Um, obviously the big news this week was Netflix, you know, saying that they would be open-minded to, um, ad supported content on their platform, um, for a while now, you know, really in the last 18 months, people thought Amazon prime is going to make a move. Um, so that is bringing a lot of new inventory. Um, it's estimated, you know, that half of streaming, um, premium streaming inventory is not ad supported. If Netflix and Amazon prime were to open that up. 
that obviously um, create a compelling new source of inventory for large brands, um, the top 500 or so brands that typically make up the majority of linear TV spend. You know, what they love about linear is reach and frequency. So they could be compelled um, to move more of their budgets to streaming. Uh, in general, um, you know, people are not expecting uh, commitments in the upfront season to match what, what, the, what happened last year. Uh, overall sentiment on the networks that are underexposed to streaming is fairly negative. Um, the market feels more competitive, not only for, for networks, but also for the longer tail of streaming providers where players like Roku have the most exposure. Um, so we'll be doing more work there in the mid Q checks and asking people what they think about Netflix, who should be the biggest relative winners out of that, um, overall, I would say, you know, the ad checks have been negative. What stands out is out of home and CTV. Um, it seems like particularly the out of home, um, and then, you know, CTV focused names like trade decks should be in a position to outperform. Across industrial markets, we've done calls in cement, aggregates, electrical, uh, telecom contracting. Uh, in general, what stands out the most is some of the cement shortages. Mills were um, short on product throughout the winter, um, but able to meet demand. It did feel like mills didn't build their normal inventory buffers going into a key seasonal demand period. There's also unscheduled maintenance and prolonged outages, particularly in the Southwest and California. Typically, um, when mills have these outages, they'd supplement domestic production with imports, but imports have been out of the money and uneconomical because prohibitive freight, freight cost. Going forward, um, that will remain the case and imports will probably be even more um, out of the money as a result of the surging energy costs tied to the Ukraine conflict. A significant amount of imported cement comes from Turkey, Turkish cement mills, um, we're expected to have a lot of their coal from Ukraine, which has obviously been shut off and costs have surged. Um, so domestic markets are expected to remain extremely tight and short. Um, so there's some projects that are likely going to get pushed. Um, suppliers are not expecting to have enough cement to meet demand uh, throughout the next you know, two quarters, Q2 and Q3. Uh, this is most pronounced in markets like Texas, Arizona, California, but we also heard of cement shortages on the East Coast in markets like the Carolinas and Florida. So we'll be doing a lot of work here. Um, it seems pretty pronounced. There's already mid-year price increases that have been announced from cement suppliers. Even though aggregate suppliers might see volumes constrained, if there are cement shortages that cause projects to get pushed out, um, aggregate producers still seem to have a significant amount of price leverage and reads are expecting that there likely will be mid-year price increases in aggregates as well, which was a change of tone. Um, from the last time we did calls in March. Um, in general, suppliers should be in a very favorable position. Um, some players like CMAX and US Concrete um, that rely on third-party uh, cement could be at a disadvantage near term, longer term, um, or even medium term. CMAX should be in a really favorable pos advantage um, position as they bring on new capacity out of Mexico. Um, it seems like that's a little bit delayed coming online. Um, all the, you know, producers with exposure to aggregates and cement like Eagle, Summit, Martin, um, should, should be in a favorable position to build margin. Um, even though there's a lot of cost inflation, um, generally 
demand on the you know short cycle side for both the private and public sector has been solid. We're not hearing about pushouts, you know, or project cancellations. Demand seems to outpace supply in most markets, um, and a lot of players are operating at capacity when the the weather allows them um, to produce. Um, so we're favorable in the heavy material suppliers. Um, you know, there should be some some you know interesting dynamics playing out over the next couple of quarters. Uh, longer term outlooks on demand are, are generally favorable. Uh, in electrical contracting, we're already starting to hear you know, um, at the planning and, and architecture phases that some of the, the infrastructure bill is being felt uh, in markets, and that should start to hit construction activity late this year into next year. So that's another reason that heavy material suppliers have been pretty positive. There's a lot of um, funding in both private and public sectors, and the, the general demand outlook looks pretty good for the next two to three years.